We're not going to Guam, are we? Welcome to Tessa Watches Lost, Monkey Off My Backlog's second weekly podcast where one of us reacts to a TV show that the other has forced us to watch. I'm your host, Sam, and with me is Tessa. This week, we're talking more time travel shenanigans in the episodes This Place is Death and 316. Ben broke the donkey wheel. Ben broke the donkey wheel. Ben broke the donkey wheel. He broke it. He broke it. He broke it. What did he break? The donkey wheel. He broke it. He broke the donkey wheel. I can't express to you how just utterly funny I find that. Like, he was doing this brave sacrifice to help everybody else on the island, and it turns out he broke the island. So today, we're going to continue our chronological discussion of these two episodes. So we're going to start with uh, sometime likely pre-1970s with, oh, oh no, the donkey wheel. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. I knew the donkey wheel would be first. Okay. So working backwards. So like I'm, I'm, I'm using internet resources to kind of piece some things together after the fact. These aren't things that are, there are certain things time-wise that are spoilers that I haven't included, okay? But the earliest thing that while there may be earlier times depicted in these two episodes, we're not going to identify them as such because really they can't be as far as we know. Gotcha. There were a lot of short little flashy flashies in this episode, right? Right. So we'll just get to those later. But- We know that when the well disappears, that means that the time period they're in at that point has to predate the Dharma Initiative. Honestly, I'm just hoping that dinosaurs are in the next episode. Well, all right. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Yeah. Here we go. (laughs) That's that's what I said when they woke up on the island. It's like we're back on the island, JK, it's Jurassic Park. (laughs) That better or worse. Island. Yeah. That would have been fun. Sometime before the nineteen seventies, Christian Shepherd reappears. Except you know that's not really Christian Shepherd, right? Right. I'm confused about this. Well, you're supposed to be. Is Jacob also time traveling with them? Because if he's Jacob, or is the island time traveling with that? Like, it's very confusing because they're the only ones who seem affected by the time travel jumps. Right. But this, like, being that keeps appearing to them, whether it's the island or it's mm-hmm. Jacob or whatever, mm-hmm. like, is also traveling with them or like is not a creature bound by time in some way because he's able to take the form of someone who hasn't died yet. Yep. And like, frankly, is probably a child at this point. Okay. This is obviously not Christian Shepherd. Okay. And it's also weird that he would appear to Locke. Is it? Yeah, because before when we've seen this, it's always been like somebody that the person knew in some way. Mm -hmm. Like... Mr. Echo sees his brother. Right. And Hurley sees like Charlie. Sure. And, you know, like it's just all of those types of things, like people who have died, but that they know. So it's really weird that Christian, like, this is the form, like, does this 
being just really like this form. Like Maybe. It's, it's really hard to know at this point because, yeah, even John doesn't know who he is because when he's like, say hello to my son, John's like, who's your son? Like, he right. doesn't know. We begin to get some answers about that later on in these episodes, that there is some sort of connection between Shepard and Locke because, you know, Jack gives Locke's dead body Christian's shoes, right? So we know right. there's a connection there. I. God, if John ends up being Jack's older <laughs> brother, I'm going to lose like, it. I quit. <laughs> so, but basically the whole point here is that the donkey wheel is broken and Locke immediately fixes it. Yes. So it's like, it was just, it was like a record. Like everything Ben does, Locke has to fix it. Right. Well, the record was skipping basically and he just set it right. So we're all good here, I guess. That's really all there is to say about that time period. Donkey yeah. Wheel, Christian Shepherd. Except for John's leg is broken. That was really right. painful to watch. I mean, like, oh, yeah. this is like the- This is network TV, y'all. Yeah, this was like the thing from the first episode where we saw Sawyer pulling that thing out of his foot. And I was like, I get it. I don't need to see it. I didn't need to see John's femur sticking out of his leg <laughs> to know that his leg was broken. Well, you did. Ugh. We experienced that together. Let's move on to sometime, probably, in the 1970s. A wink. <laughs> hey, look, we're doing the pilot again, Tessa. We're doing Jack. He's opening his eyes. He's on the island. Unless it's Jurassic Park. We don't know. But like, oh, we're doing the pilot again. Nifty. Yeah. Is I, it nifty? I actually kind of like this like because it? it felt like it felt like it fit with the time travel theme that we're okay. doing this season. Even though it's not technically time travel, what he's done that we know of. But like. Actually, it might be. I, I'm going to get to that later. But like it, it kind of the idea of reminding us of something that's already happened. There's kind of that sense of deja vu, sure. that sense of closure that you mm -hmm. have. I, I like that. That was a good stylistic choice. Right. I mean, yeah. And he immediately has to save Hurley. Oh, yeah. Hurley. Charlie's guitar. Kate. Yeah, I also really liked that they showed us that at the beginning of the episode. Like, there, I have to say, and we're going to talk a little bit about how they got there in a while, I guess, but I have to say that as much as I've really enjoyed this season so far, I have kind of, in the last couple of episodes, started being like, all right, all right, let's go, let's go, let's right. get back to the island, I, I get it, let's go. And so it was just kind of nice to know at the beginning of that episode that that was what was going to happen, that we were right. finally going to be back there. Sure. But it was weird. It was like a fun, like, oh, why does Hurley have a guitar? <laughs> mm -hmm. And why is Kate there? Last time we saw her, she was like, never right. over my dead body, you know? Like, so, yeah. Although, but again, it's that symmetry, right? When he opened his eyes the first time in the pilot, he had to immediately go start saving people from the plane crash. So, it, you know, it makes right. sense, you know? How do we know this is the 70s? Because... A newer version of the VW Microbus rolls up, listening to some groovy tunes, and who steps out? It's Jin. It would have been cool if the tunes were disco. I'm not going to lie. Uh, that's not the kind of music they listen to on the island, Tessa. So you're telling me they're not gay? Yes. Well, would it kill this show to have one gay person? Yes. It would actually kill the show. It would kill you're the saying. show. Yes. It would just like intact. Yes. The show would cease to exist if right. one gay person was yep. on it. That is an interesting question. If we were to say any of these characters were gay, 
I know they're not. Like you, you mean like, like the core one, plane people? Yeah, like which one do you think of the core plane people is actually bisexual? Okay, so all right, okay, yeah. okay, Said. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Hundred mm-hmm, percent, agree with you. I know. Hold on, I gotta think though. If there's any others that well, I'm like, like uh, who's your who's one like who's your favorite character? Said. You people find each other. That's all. Well, I'm yeah, and I mean it would make sense too. Actually, it, it he really he would. does look like someone who yep does not yep distinguish right there. Yeah, likes his variety. You're right. The rest of them are real straight though. Yep. Told yeah, you. I actually. I don't know if I can think of another character. Mm-hmm. Rousseau. Rousseau is definitely yeah, queer. But, I mean, sure. Obviously. I'll let you Insert know. French joke here. Anyway. <laughs> isn't it nice, though, how Jin becomes like the, the person who's most out of time because he keeps meeting the different people? Yeah, it's interesting because for a while I actually couldn't tell if he was traveling to the same time periods as the rest of them. It does make me wonder where Bernard and Rose are. Like, I don't really care about the rest of the plain people besides them, like that are still on the island, I should say. I I wonder what they're up to. Do we get an episode where it's just Bernard and Rose? I don't know. Because I'd watch that. Couldn't possibly say. I want to know. They better not be dead. They better not be dead. I'm going to start singing My Heart Will Go On here in a moment. Please don't. So moving forward to 1988, a time period that Jin is also in. (laughs) Jin is great. His hair's great this season, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. His hair is like doing stuff. Yeah, he's already got that Hawaii 5-0 hair. Yeah, yeah. He's on island time. Yeah. Literally. Oh, please stop. (laughs) Anyway, 1988, back with Russo and the gang. And Rousseau, Rousseau in the gang. in the gang sounds Rousseau. like a French pop band. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like the French version of Cool in the Gang. Yeah. yeah. Much better. But <laughs> they also had a, by the way, the, the, the Rousseau in the gang, the French version of Cool in the Gang also had a song called Joanna. Completely different song. Oh, yeah. Na- na- same name, though. Yeah. 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 It's like Rosanna Arquette, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Anyway. That girl, Joanna, she gets around. She does. The world. Mm-hmm. Please stop. <laughs> you know who else is on the island in 1988 besides Russo and the gang and Jin? The Smoke Monster. Yeah. I loved this return of the Smoke Monster. Not because, oh, okay, because I really enjoyed that really like asshole French dude getting immediately it, which was great. But also because Jin immediately knows what it is. Like, it's very much like he is in the situation where he doesn't speak a lot of English, although he does more than he did at the beginning of the show. And not all the French people speak very good English either. So they're trying to, like, communicate with each other. But he's immediately about to be, like, monster. Like, he is the expert in this situation, but they don't know it yet. And there's just this really... I don't know, like, you know, when you're when you know about as much as the character in the television show, it's just like a nice little like, oh, yeah, like he knows what's happening. Like, he's going to be okay. Like, he knows how to get away from it. You know who's not going to be okay? Rousseau. Everyone else. So we flash at least a couple months into the future, likely into 1989. Here's the question, Tessa. 
So we are presented with a theory. And I want to know what you think about this theory. Did the smoke monster actually make them go crazy, as Rousseau claims? Or is Rousseau really, really paranoid? Or both? Well, we do get a little mention of a new piece of information here, which I thought was interesting, which was when Rousseau and her baby daddy, I don't know his name, I don't honestly care, are like facing off against each other, right? Like pointing guns at each other. They're in a standoff. She says, you know, none of you were ever the same since you came back out of the temple, which is where they went in after their missing brother, who Jin unsuccessfully tried to explain was dead. And he says, no, you... And he says, no, you know that the that the monster was just a warning system to protect the temple. So it is interesting that his interpretation of the smoke monster is that it's some kind of like mechanical thing or like he has like a very specific definition of what this is. And I think it's probably the first time we've ever heard someone actually try to explain it. Even Ben didn't even try to explain what it was. So yeah, I thought that that was a really interesting little throwaway. But I mean, I'm inclined to believe her because they watched that dude's arm get ripped off and yet they still thought that he was able to have a calm conversation with them from inside the hole that he was dragged into. So doppelgangers, sure, why not? Okay, that is pretty much all we have for the uh, early time travel period. Right now, we have all the little flashes to talk about. Some of those we could maybe place in time, but they're all, it'd be guesses, really, at the end of the day. The flashes are speeding up. Yes, the flashy flashies. There's five of them. Flashy flashy number one, Jin and Sawyer reunited, and it feels so good. Oh, my God. I'm going to do something on this podcast that I very rarely do. And I knew it was going to happen, too. I love Sawyer. Yep. I was wrong. You were wrong. For like the first season of and this I show. I told you. I love him so much. I love that the, all these people on the plane and the people that, like, he has claimed these people. Yep. They are his people now. Yep. They are his family. Hurley knew that, too. And He knew he, before anybody else did. Yeah, the hug that he gives to Jin is just so sweet and like Jin hugs him back. Like they're they're like buds now. We've grown and, as people. But I love that it's not just the people on the plane. Like it is Juliet. He has like claimed her yeah. too. I mean, romantic or not, we can it's put that not, aside. And, and it's not. Well, you know, I disagree, but he has claimed her as like part of this little group. It's a bold move to admit you're wrong and then say you continue to disagree with other things in like the same conversation. But even like John, like, yeah. like they may not always agree and like he may not, you know, always respect John's opinion, but like John is part of his, his group. And we see that later on in the episode too. But like, it was just, it was a nice moment and I'm really excited for him to see Kate and Jack yeah. and Hurley. Like, I really am. He's the best character on the show now. Why do you think that Charlotte can speak Korean? She was raised on the island. We find that out in this episode, like until she was like old enough to remember. I'm going to say it's either because she 
is an archaeologist, and so she's been to so many places and picked up a lot of languages, or because she was clearly part of the Dharma Initiative group, that someone in there spoke Korean, and that's how she learned it. Flash number two. Nothing else happens except the island's just being a dick right now. (laughs) Well, the donkey wheel's broken. How was it supposed to react? Sam, don't you know how the donkey wheel works? The island was being a dick. (laughs) Flash number three. What do the following statements mean? Lightning round. You ready? Why can't daddy come with us? So they left her father behind on the island. You know what my mother would say about me marrying an American. Either she was married before or she is going to get married to Daniel in the future. I know more about ancient Carthage than Hannibal himself. I'm at a loss on that one. I'm not going to lie. Clearly, bad things are happening to Charlotte here. And these she's coming unstuck from time. And she's saying these three things that have context that we don't know about. And maybe we'll find it out. Maybe we don't. But fun guesses. Flash number four. Charlotte and Daniel get left behind. Yeah, Daniel's not going to leave her. Well, I mean, no. who would? Why would he? And and um, so they're going to the the Dharma station, right? And Juliet decides to open her mouth and basically say, that field goal kicker hasn't missed a kick all season. She says, we're just really lucky that the station is here. Immediate flash. Sawyer, you just had to say it, yep. didn't you? The island is being a dick. I'm telling you. So our last of these like intermediate, timeless, short flashes. Charlotte dies. Boo. She just dies. It was so sad. It was. She dies in Daniel's arms. I'm not convinced she's actually dead because this is lost and also they're time traveling. So Fine. there's a lot of leeway on that. But it is so sad. She dies in Daniel's arms. The crazy man from her childhood who warned her never to come back to the island. Yes. So we're going to see that at some point. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think he's going to go and try to warn her. All right. Which, as you know, doesn't actually work with time travel because you've explained this to me. Yes. So it would make sense. You heard it here first, guys. Tessa thinks this show makes sense. Meanwhile, at the well, Jin gives Locke his wedding ring as proof of life to keep Sun from coming to the island. I gotta say, that didn't make any sense when it happened. Proof of death. He wanted her he wanted John to tell Son that he had died so she wouldn't come back to the island. Ah. And especially so she wouldn't bring their child back to the island. Right. That seemed to be like his big concern. Now, I don't know if you know this, but you know, some people will tell you, some people will tell you that weddings are just a civil ceremony that don't really mean anything. And everybody else is getting all religious and trying to force their religion on other people and Doma and blah, blah, blah. Those people I'm here to tell you are wrong because, little known fact, wedding rings can pass messages between the people who are married. This is what we find out in this episode. The wedding ring is going to tell Son all of this. Yeah, it doesn't really work out because somehow... Well, I'll wait. Because marriage is just a contract between two people. Well, it turns out that med- wedding rings it turns out that wedding rings can mean a lot of things, as we will discover. Huh. 
This has been Sam Talks About Marriage. <laughs> anyway, back to 2007. Son wants to shoot Ben. But honestly, who doesn't want to shoot Ben? Everyone wants to shoot Ben at some point. Everybody it's hates practically ben. a rite of passage That's on this show. Right. You remember that thing we talked about earlier? Now the ring is being used as proof of life, so Son will come back to the island. Because yeah. that whole message thing totally worked. I love how he's like, uh, I got this from John, and it, he uses it as proof of life, even though Jin said use this as proof of death. And I mean, half of it was true. Isn't it? Even 75% of it was true. And then Jack was like, I thought you said John didn't come to see you. And Ben said, I didn't say I didn't go to see him. Uh, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> oh, Ben. You should never, never take what he says at face value. Ever. Saeed knows this. Ben's face value is being punched in the face. Amidst all this chaos. Oh, hey, guys. It's Desmond. Desmond's like... <laughs> It's so funny that he shows up and everyone just assumes he's there for the same reason. And he's like, uh, I'm not no, part of this. I have a side mission. <laughs> I, it's weird. I'm just here to see Daniel's mom. Daniel's mom won Eloise Hawking at a mainland Dharma station called the Lamp Post. What I you think about all that lore? I love it. Info dump. I love it. One, because we're getting a little bit more information about one of the big mysteries of the show since the first season, which was who the hell is this lady? Number two, because this more than anything else we've seen this season really brings back that faith versus science, except for now it's not versus science. It's synthesizing it because Eloise Hawking has the name of a very famous physicist, but we see her in the context of this church and the things that she is saying to Jack are very faith-based. They're very much like you can't know what's going to happen. You just have to believe that it's going to happen. You have to do these rituals in order to make sure that it happens. And yet we also see a machine that's supposed to figure out exactly where the island is. We have the lamppost, which could or could not be a reference to the Chronicles of Narnia. There's just like a lot going on here. And I think... That is really an interesting I development. I don't think the writers of this show know anything about C.S. Lewis. Yeah, I, they only named a character after him. Oh, that was an accident. But yeah, like I, <laughs> I think this is a very interesting melding of those two discourses. Like she is the priestess of this church, and yet she is also a scientist, right? She is the, the melding of those two things together. Nice uh, synthesis of science and religion you got there. Be a real shame if somebody, I don't know, abandoned one of them later. Why are you looking at the microphone that way? It knows what it did. <laughs> Ajira Airways, flight 316 to Guam. People who brought the Ajira Airways water bottles from the last episodes are our people. Yeah. So them. why were they chasing Sawyer and shooting at him? What if it wasn't them? Is this a doppelganger situation? No. Okay. No. It's just a coincidence. No, it's either them shooting at the gang 
part of the gang is shooting at the other part of the gang, <laughs> or there's somebody else on the island. I mean, my money's on the ladder. Okay. All right. There's always somebody else on the island. Always. It's right. it, Really, it's amazing that they don't run into each other more. It's a very crowded little island. I mean, uh, so... Basically, we have to recreate. How do you feel about this little gimmick to get them back on the island? Basically, the writers invent this thing where if you're on a plane and you cross over the island and the situation is very similar or at least somewhat similar to the first time that a plane crashed, this plane may or may not crash, but they're going to end up on the island. Yeah. A wink. I thought this was all very interesting, actually, and I love to see how they tried to recreate it, either intentionally or unintentionally, because you get like all these little, all these little things, like Curly having Charlie's guitar and Jack giving John his father's shoes and Saeed being arrested by a marshal. I don't, we don't know anything about that. He's being transported, but it's hard to tell if it's intentional or not intentional you know they all seem like they're trying to sit in pretty similar seat configurations it's very interesting to me the way that they're trying to recreate this and again it feels very ritualistic like you have to offer the island something and the island has to accept it although I was never in very much doubt not only because they told us that they end up on the island but also because the island has been trying to get them back for some time so it, it makes complete sense to me that they would have to do this. What's really interesting to me is that Jack, this is the first moment that Jack is like all in. He's like, all this is the first moment where Jack is like all in. Like it takes him a moment, but as soon as he accepts that this is what has to happen, he is the one who's really driving this. Like it, it is very much like he's giving up that role as the man of science, right? And becoming more of this person who believes this stuff. And so it works really well. The thing that's most interesting to me is that the is the flash, right? They start to crash, but they don't remember the cla- the crash. They don't remember the crash. There is a white light very similar to the flashes that we've been seeing on the island. So my question is did the plane crash? Or are they just part of the island time shifting now? Or they're dead now. What if this is the moment they died? What if they weren't dead before, but now they're dead this time? Can you die in purgatory? No, I'm genuinely asking. No, I don't know. No, I'm asking how Neither of those are as appealing explanations. Okay, that's what I'm trying to get at. How would you feel if somebody told you? And I'm not saying this is or isn't what happens, but how would you feel if... No, they totally survived the first plane crash. All of that really happened, right? And then they went home, still alive, still alive. And then on the Ajira Airways flight, they die. How would that, if that that was the case, how would that make you feel? I don't really have any opinion about it. It either is or isn't going to be the explanation. I'm trying not to think about the ending as much as possible while I watch this show. Okay, that's fine. Let's talk about Christianity instead. Oh, God. Thomas the Apostle. Because you mentioned, you mentioned just a minute ago that, that Jack was embracing that religious role a little bit more. And so it seems that it seems to make sense that Ben wants to have this question about old finger in the wound himself, Thomas. 
Yeah, I actually really like the point that Ben makes here because, yeah, in like Christian mythology, I guess, or Christian tradition, Thomas is known as Doubting Thomas because he's the one who doesn't believe it until he actually like examines the wounds, right, and touches touches the wounds of Jesus, which, by the way, kind of implies that Jesus is a zombie. That's a whole other discussion for another time. But I like the point that Ben makes that he's actually the one who was like, we're going to go with him, even if we die. Like, we're going to die with him earlier in the story. And so, yeah, I think that is a very interesting point to make about this particular character from Christian mythology. But I also think that it's a point, an interesting point to make about Jack, except for it's in the reverse, right? He says everyone remembers him as Doubting Thomas. Jack has been a Doubting Thomas, right, up until this point. He has refused to believe that anything mystical has happened, even the strange things that happened on the island. He usually, like, came up with some explanation or just straight up ignored it. Now he's having to, like, embrace that idea of we're going back, and if we die, so be it. Thomas the Apostle, inventor of the trust but verify maxim. The next thing that happens, kind of a lot of things start to happen at once. Jack gets home, and Kate is there, and Aaron is gone. What happened? Okay, I am very curious about this. I do want to know if Jack talking to Claire's mom tipped Claire's mom off to the fact that Aaron is Claire's baby, or if Ben told her that Aaron is Claire's baby and she like demanded custody, or Kate understood that she needed to go back, but wanted to both protect Aaron and honor Claire's wishes and not bring him back to the island. So she gave him to Claire's mom. I think Aaron is with Claire's mom is what I'm trying to say. And whether he was taken away from Kate or Kate voluntarily gave him up, she is very clearly devastated by it. Like she does have this maternal link to Aaron. And so it's awful, and she clearly either knows that she has to go back or doesn't care about her life anymore and will go back just because she has nothing to do anymore. All right, sounds good. Ben's been sidetracked. What's up with that? What happened? Does he kill Penny? I That has not even occurred to me, and, and I will thank you to never think that thought again. No, because he at the end of the last season, he said, like, I will take your daughter away from you, just like you took my daughter away from you, from me. I will take your daughter away from you, just like you took my daughter oh, away from me. He did say that. He did say he? that. Oh, and then no. when he saw Desmond. I don't like that. Because he sees Desmond, and then he tells Jack, I have something I have to do. And the next thing we see, he's down at the docks. He's beaten to a pulp. He's covered in blood. Please let him not have killed Penny, or their child, or Desmond. We're all three of them. Yikes. I'm so concerned about Penny right now. Meanwhile, Hurley's at the airport with Charlie's guitar. What happened? Yeah, I'm also interested in both Hurley and Saeed. Meanwhile, Saeed is in custody. What happened? <laughs> it's like they're setting up the second half of the season to do flashbacks. I am so curious. And they, Hurley I seems resigned. Like that. Hurley seems resigned. Mm -hmm. It is very difficult to know what's going on with Saeed. Except that he's bisexual. Yeah, except for that he's bisexual and he looks damn good. Lapidus is the pilot? That what was happened? Great. That was the best twist. I loved it so much. Not only because I love Lapidus, but like, 
I love that he just immediately is just like, oh, oh, oh no. here we go it's again. again. But but you know what? He's he's down. You know, right. like he's just gonna go with the flow. Good guy, Lapidus. Yeah, he knows that he knows Bill that something's Frank. about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of good guys, Hurley bought out all the seats on the plane so that if this plane crashes or something else stupid happens, nobody else will be affected. He bought out the rest of the seats on the plane. There That's are literally what I said. No, you said he bought out all the seats on the plane. Okay. There are new people on the plane. And they, the camera lingered on them long enough that I'm like, new character alert? No. No? No. No? No. We saw that one guy twice. No. And he told Jack, sorry for your loss. Whatever. What's much more interesting than that is Ben is reading Ulysses. Oh, I love this. New book club edition. We really should at one point sit down and actually like list out all the books. Boy, do I have 17 websites for you. <laughs> well, I don't want to be spoiled. I want to list out the ones we've seen so far. Okay. But yeah, he's reading Ulysses, which is, I mean, that is makes sense. He is a traveler returning to an island. So, you know, Ulysses is the Irish author James Joyce James Joyce's take on the Odyssey. So makes sense to me that he's reading that. I really like this conversation between him and Jack. Why? I just feel like this is the first time either of them have actually been honest with each other. I feel like Ben is the most honest with Jack and with John. He still does try to bullshit them. I'm not trying to say like he do- he'll never lie to them again. But, like, I feel like the two of them are able to understand what he's saying. And Jack, since he's let up down all of his defenses, is able to actually have this, like, semi-honest conversation with Ben about how they're both feeling. Ben is like, you know, <laughs> what is it he says? He's like, what, how can you read? And Ben's like, so I'm not doing what you're doing right now. Like, you know, it's it's a very interesting interaction between the two of them, I think. And Ben actually encourages him to do something semi-healthy. Jack doesn't do things that are healthy. Speaking of things that are healthy, John Locke, who committed suicide, apparently, wrote a note. I don't believe it. But he did write a note. and. I believe he wrote the note because it is the most John Locke thing ever. <laughs> the note I would like to I would like to now read John Locke's suicide note in its entirety. Jack, I wish you had believed me. JL. This is such a John Locke thing, as you said, and it's so devastating. Like it it is like very passive aggressive in terms of like what he's actually saying, but it also reads as a suicide note. So I could see like you know, is it, you know, did he write it that way so it would get to, to Jack? You know, like, how did how did he have to, like, evade, you know, the people who thought he had committed suicide? The only way that I think John Locke committed suicide is that if he believed that he had to, which is, it's an option. But other than that, don't believe it. I don't even think he's really dead. Are you looking forward to the episode that fills in all this? Yeah, I am. Absolutely. I There are so many questions about how we got to this moment, and I am actually very interested in the answers to all of them. You'll be pleased to know that the next episode is called The Life and Death of Jeremy Bentham. Ooh, finally. Yeah. Get some closure. Yeah. <laughs> closure on this show, please. Final thoughts about today's episodes? Ben broke the donkey wheel. <laughs> 
That will never stop making me laugh that basically John is cleaning up Ben's mess. I you, I really want someone sure to be about like the, You weren't sure about the donkey wheel. I wasn't, but that was it's just priceless. I it told is you. priceless. I told you. All right, that's it until next week when we'll be doing a supersized episode because we have to cuz there's a inconvenient number of episodes in this season. We'll be talking about the life and death of Jeremy Bentham, LaFleur, and Namaste. You can find me on Twitter at Sam underscore Morris 9, and you can find Tessa at The Buy Paradox. Until next time, how can you read? My mother taught me.